Welcome to the Navigating Healthcare podcast from Compass Professional Health Services, featuring Compass co-founder and Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Eric Bricker. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Compass webinar. This is Dr. Eric Bricker, the Chief Medical Officer, one of the co-founders of Compass. Uh, Today's topic is costs heading in the wrong direction. Give your health plan a compass. And it has been uh, several months since I have done the webinar, and so it is just fantastic to be back. And I just want to welcome uh, many of our existing clients that are on the call and many of our broker and benefit consultant uh, partners who are also on the webinar. And then we also have some uh, some new folks. So welcome to all of you as well. And I was just looking through where everybody's located. We literally have folks obviously here in Dallas where Compass is located, but also in Dayton, Ohio, and Philadelphia, and Denver, and Orange County, California, and Raleigh, Durham, North North Carolina, and many other places. So this really is a broad cross-section of employee benefits and healthcare in America that's on this webinar. So thank you all so much uh, for joining us. And many of you know me, but for those of you who don't, there's a picture of yours truly, for better or for worse. And I am a general internist, did my uh, medical school at the University of Illinois, and residency training at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And In my former life, before going into medicine, I used to be a hospital finance consultant dealing with all the same billing issues and claims issues that you as employers and broker consultants deal with, but I was on the flip opposite side. I was on the dock and the hospital side of the bills and really just saw so much confusion and frustration, um, both in the billing office and uh, at the patient bedside with my patients that really myself and my co-founders of Compass wanted to bring what we knew as doc and hospital insiders to companies and their employees as they navigated healthcare and navigated uh, insurance and their benefits. And that was uh, that was sort of the beginnings of Compass. And uh, we also, uh, if you look here at towards the bottom, the Navigating Healthcare blog won the 2018 Marketer of the Year Award for the, the DFW chapter, the American Marketing Association. That that is not because of me, that is because of the wonderful marketing team here at Compass, so I'm super appreciative of them. And then the blog has also won um, uh, honorable mention uh, multiple years from uh, Reagan's Healthcare as well. Um, so just a little bit about Compass. Uh, Compass is a uh, healthcare navigation firm uh, located here in Texas for about 260 employees, almost 2,000 employer clients from big household names like Chili's Maggiano, Southwest Airlines, T-Mobile, um, we actually have professional sports teams uh, as customers. And as many of you are aware, Compass uh, was purchased by a light and that became official as of July 1 of this year. So now Compass is an, a light solutions company and a light um, was essentially spun out of Aon Hewitt about uh, a year ago and um, and then just sort of uh, changed their name to a light about the first uh, of this year. And Alight is a, it's a huge, well-established organization. I mean, they have over 10,000 employees in the United States. They do the benefits administration and HR outsourcing for many, uh, if not the majority, of the Fortune 500 and the Fortune 1000 uh, customers. And so it's just a, an honor and a privilege uh, to be associated with them. And uh, together, um, 
well, at Compass, we have helped people navigate their benefits and healthcare over 1.5 million times. And so together with Alight, we're just so excited to be able to bring what we do to just so many more organizations and so many more people. And speaking of people, of course, these are actual Compass employees uh, down here in the picture. So we try to use as little stock photography as possible. So these are actual Compass folks uh, downstairs in our, uh, in our office in downtown Dallas. It's actually a building across the street in the background there. So for today's topic, costs heading in the wrong direction, give your health plan a compass. I will tell you right now that we are going to talk about sort of three distinct ways that we have seen groups and brokers and consultants use compass in very innovative ways to continue to increase the value of their health plan in terms of lowering healthcare costs and improving healthcare quality. And so one of the first things that we're going to talk about is reference-based pricing, or RBP for short. Now, many of you have heard of reference-based pricing. Many of you are very familiar with it. Some of you are just mildly familiar with it. It is complicated. And so we're probably going to spend the majority of our time specifically talking about reference-based pricing and how certain Compass clients are using uh, reference-based pricing in conjunction with Compass for their health plan. And so this is like B or C level compass or B or C level advanced level webinar. So this is not your this is not your brother's uh, introductory webinar. This is this is some pretty, pretty sophisticated stuff, but I know all of you on the phone are super sharp and are going to be able to follow along with this. So at a basic level, reference-based pricing is where the reimbursement amount is a percentage of what Medicare would pay the provider. It's typically pegged at something like 150% of Medicare, sometimes 120. Actually, the employee of Medicare, they want to reimburse her the hospital. And that is important because the Medicare reimbursements are typically much lower than what the commercial insurance reimbursements are. So in other words, even after the insurance discount, let's say again, let, you know, let's say echocardiogram is, is a prime example. So it's an ultrasound of the heart where that echocardiogram might be bill charges of 1600. The allowed amount from the insurance carrier might have a 50% discount. So it'll be $800, but literally Medicare reimburses like $180 for that. And so let's say you were doing, um, 150%, so that would reimburse then $270 as opposed to the $800, which is the uh, the contracted rate for the insurance carrier. So 150% of Medicare is still much lower than what the uh, insurance carrier allowed amount would be. Now to do this, it typically requires a self-funded employer uh, utilizing a, a third-party administrator, so typically it's with a TPA, and um, Oftentimes, in addition to that TPA, there is a separate reference-based pricing vendor as well. And we're going to get into how each of them specifically um, uh, interact with us. And thank you for asking your question. It says that I'm cutting in and out. I will try to be closer to the microphone so that you all can hear better. And so um, now, of note, in a reference-based pricing plan, the um, the health plan, self-funded health plan, does not use a traditional insurance carrier, and you're not using a traditional uh, network. So there is no network. 
and you can sometimes use a physician network, but for the facilities, there's no network. Those facilities are just going to be reimbursed. Medicare at 150% or at 120%, but there is no contracted rate or discount off of billed charges. And we're going to get into that in more detail as we talk through this. Okay. Now there are multiple models, but we'll just call there's there's more than just these, but we'll just start with these that we'll just call partial replacement and full replacement. Okay. So in a partial replacement reference-based pricing model, they only have reference-based pricing for facilities or for a subset of services, and there's typically a separate wrap network for doctors. Okay, for the physician professional fees who are paid the negotiated rate, in other words, the allowed amount. And typically that wrap network is a national rented network that is typically of more limited scope of providers. So it, it is not necessarily a major carrier network. It's typically a separate, separate uh, rented network. And um, we've even seen some employers where they'll use a, um, uh, reference-based pricing, you know, Medicare plus 150%, only for certain services and probably one of the, in other words, just carved out services. And some of those, an example of those services would be just dialysis. So they might actually have a network for facilities and a network for physicians, but they might not reimburse dialysis. And that's because the carrier contracted rate at dialysis facilities is still excruciatingly high. And so before that patient because, you know, is considered quote unquote permanently disabled and then goes on to Medicare, you might have upwards of a year, a year and a half or more where that person is on your plan and it's costing tens of thousands of dollars a month. So some groups choose to just carve out the dialysis. Now there is also, and if anything within the past year, we have seen a much, uh, much more growth of full replacement uh, reference-based pricing, where groups have even decided not to use a network for professional fees, for physician office fees as well. Again, they're just being reimbursed as a percentage of Medicare, 150%, 120% of Medicare. So they don't even have that RAC network uh, as well. Now, as you can imagine, there's two sides to that coin. So here are the pros and the cons of re reference-based pricing. So one, it lowers healthcare costs. Like it, it works, it actually lowers costs. We've seen many groups where it's down 15, 20, 25% or more from prior years. The employers are not tied to carrier networks, so you don't necessarily even have to communicate quote unquote in or out of network benefits for employees. And employing, uh, the, there's more employee engagement in their healthcare decisions. So the employees are much more active participants. I kind of call it the exact opposite of a PPO, right? So jokingly, PPO stands for passive patient organization. In a reference-based pricing plan, the employees and their family members have to be very active participants. There's actually a lot of good that comes out of that because they end up having much more active clinical conversations with their physicians as well in terms of the type of treatment, the timing of the treatment, the type of diagnostics and tests, the timing of those diagnostics and tests. And it's really that increased communication between the physician and the patient that actually leads to better care um, separate from any sort of, you know, reimbursement model, et cetera, et cetera. Just that communication itself is very important. Now, uh, I was speaking with an insurance broker uh, here in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area 
beginning of the summer. I think it was uh, end of May, beginning of June. And he has a group of about 300 employees that are on a reference-based uh, pricing uh, model. And he says, you know what? It saves money. Like, it works. But it's such a pain. And I think that that probably summarizes what almost everybody has told me when they talk about these reference-based pricing plans is that, yes, it works, but man, oh, man, is it a pain. It's confusing and frustrating for the employees. It can be confusing and frustrating for the benefits and HR people at the employer. And so some of the cons are that the employees need to be educated about how the program works the employees need a place to start to find doctors. It's like, it's like how, do, how do I even get started with this plan? Uh, oftentimes, that's a, a, a hanging question. The doctors may not accept the reference-based price. Uh, the price negotiation might happen after the bill and after the service has been rendered. And um, there is a possibility for balanced billing uh, as well. Now, some of you along the way have asked if there will be these slides available, and the short answer is yes, and we will get to that at the end. But that reminds me that as we're going through, please do type in your questions, and we will answer them at the end as well. So please, any and all questions are welcome. Now, we have seen employers and their broker consultants put in Compass in conjunction with a TPA and a reference-based pricing vendor and those sort of three legs of the stool work together to not only help the employees but also to facilitate reimbursement on the back end with the doctors and the hospitals. And from an employee engagement standpoint and employee interface standpoint, that really is, um, is Compass's strong suit and forte, right? Because we help with the pharmacy, we help with the dental, we help with the, the vision, we really help with all of their health and welfare related benefits. So this way it gives, they, you know, a lot of these employers still have wellness programs on top of this. And so it really gives that employer that one hub for the employees when it comes to their benefits and integrating all the various uh, pieces. Uh, so it gives them a single point of contact instead of having to hunt and peck through various 800 numbers and websites to figure out what where to go to. Um, oftentimes when the employer employees get confused and frustrated, they end up going to HR or their broker, and especially for larger self-funded groups, that becomes very cumbersome. And obviously the, the, the broker and the HR folks, they have a, a ton of priorities and typically your typical HR department is very thinly staffed and does not have the resources necessary to support these folks. And so this is where, again, they're, they're leveraging Compass and our expertise and our dedication to really uh, be the, the sole focused advocate or concierge or entity to assist their employees. Um, and really, it really simplifies things for them. And then what happens is, is that it really allows for a resource to, uh, to deal with the coordination of the billing challenges with reference-based pricing, whether it has to do with uh, balance billing or pre-certification or negotiating reimbursement up front. All of that can be taken off of the employee's hands and Compass and the reference-based pricing vendor and the TPA can all manage that for them. Now, this is the most important slide that we are going to talk about in the entire presentation. And it is busy and complicated. And that's because reference-based pricing is busy and complicated, but we're literally going to go block by block through the flow 
of how the employee or the, the plan member and how the claim are is processed. And we're going to walk through various branch points. Okay, so we're starting here with the plan member needs to see the doctor. So that could be the employee, spouse, etc. Now they're going to go into one of two categories. They're either going to contact Compass or um, they're going to uh, for recommendations or they're going to contact Compass for a question uh, and receive proactive recommendations. In other words, they might call us just to have us explain to them how their benefits work, how how their new health plan works, what their plan does or does not cover, or they may call in with a specific request for service. Hey, I need to go see an ophthalmologist, or hey, I need to go see a primary care physician for my annual physical. Or scenario two is, is where, you know, uh, they just go on their own. And this is where the majority of reference-based pricing folks, this is where they fall today. And so this is really the differentiator of the, of the flow with Compass versus the flow if they were just to do it on their own. Now, if they go with uh, contacting Compass, then Compass provides recommendations based on quality, uh, a case manager vendor index, um, provider outreach for compatibility with RBP. And we're going to talk about that. So that's, that's kind of a mouthful. So we're going to talk about that in more detail over here. So by reference-based pricing vendors, they oftentimes have a set, and sometimes the case management vendors have a set of providers that they have already pre-negotiated reference-based uh, reimbursement with. And so what, sometimes they're referred to as safe harbor, but these are basically uh, RPP preferred providers. In other words, they will accept and have agreed to accept in advance and are used to accepting in advance 120% of Medicare, 150% of Medicare. So notice here that Compass can steer people to those providers that already are sort of used to it and are, are, are you know, thumbs up agreeing to it. Whereas if they go on their own, again, they're, they're kind of just uh, shooting in the dark. Now, additionally, now, as you can imagine, not every single person has a reference-based pricing, uh, you know, predetermined uh, safe harbor provider either around them or with appointment availability or with a certain area of uh, subspecialization that they're looking for. Let's say it is a pediatric pulmonologist. There might not be a pediatric pulmonologist for a, uh, a child with asthma that happens to fit that profile. So. Compass uses our own data and our own pricing and, and uh, screening uh, data, and we have we do a ton of phone outreach uh, as well, and we have pre-screened uh, providers across America. And so, note here it says need for provider education, so that Compass will actually proactively work with that doctor's office to determine if they will accept and they know how to process an RBP payment. So in other words, they're not safe harbor yet, but Compass can sort of bring them into the safe harbor fold. Or if they say, you know, no, we're not gonna play, then at least we know that in advance and that um, prevents the member from having that uh, unfortunate experience. And then we have unscreened providers. And so in this situation, this is where a member might come to us, maybe with like an existing physician and, um, they might not be on the RPB uh, safe harbor preferred list, and they might not be a, a Compass uh, high-quality cost-effective physician as well. We have actually interacted with the majority of physician practices in America 
over our 11 plus years of uh, servicing our members. However, we've not interacted with everyone. And certainly there are new people that are graduating from medical school. And so there we can actually proactively then screen those individual providers uh, as well. Again, for cost and quality, appointment availability, et cetera and also for their ability to accept reference-based pricing reimbursement. And so, again, all of that is part of the uh, research or homework that Compass would do on a, on a member's uh, behalf. The member themselves either doesn't have to do the guesswork on or um, would just have to leave up to chance and try to quote unquote clean up after the fact. Okay, so they select a particular, a particular provider. Compass will actually uh, schedule the appointment for them and then the card that they use when they present to uh, the doctor's office actually will go to the TPA that confirms benefits. The person will have service. They'll send the claim. They, being the provider, will send the claim to the TPA for processing. The TPA will receive the claim and process it per their standard uh, protocol. Now, if necessary, they will negotiate the price with the provider. Um, again, here you can see where if the person has not, not used Compass, the actual reference-based pricing vendor themselves may do the negotiation. Or in certain cases, Compass will do it, but in other cases, Compass will actually coordinate with the actual RPB vendor itself for the negotiation process. But all that happens behind the scenes. The member doesn't have to interact or do that at all. Or in the case of these safe harbor providers, or Compass has already, or the RPB vendor has already set up the acceptance of the uh, Medicare plus 150% um, in advance, then they just reprice the claim. Oh, okay, because remember, the provider is still going to submit billed charges. So they're going to, like in that case of that echocardiogram, they're still going to submit billed charges for $1,600. But they know because either they are part of Safe Harbor or because, you know, Compass or the RBP vendor has negotiated with them in advance, they already know that they're going to accept $270. In that case, it's just repriced to the $270. And then the, um, the provider is then reimbursed and then the provider uh, receives that payment or bills the patient. So this is where you know, these people still will have potentially planned designs where they will have um, you know, deductibles and coinsurance. So it might still fall to their uh, deductible. So even when it's re, re, uh, repriced to the Medicare amount, it might be the individual members out of pocket uh, for the 270 for the echocardiogram versus the plan. Okay, so you still have that plan design element. Now, as you can see, let's go back up here. So let's say the person does not get used Compass and they just go to the doctor on their own. And then the doctor's office um, contacts the number on the card and talks to the TPA about the patient's benefits and they perform the service anyway. And then they send the claim to the TPA, right? Because the billing department and the admitting department are often very separate at a hospital or imaging center or lab, et cetera. Now, the RBP vendor coordinates with the provider where available for negotiation uh, prior to the service being rendered. So in other words, the RBP vendor gets a notification and they can even work in conjunction with Compass as well. So there's a few ways for Compass to get notified. So one is through the member, another is through the RPV vendor, and sometimes they'll even have pre-certification 
required for certain services. So if there's a pre-cert required, let's say for a knee or a hip replacement, et cetera, then that pre-certification would act as a trigger over in this direction uh, as well. However, as you can imagine, not for all services, right? Because there could, it could just be like a physical therapy claim, um, uh, et cetera. And so in that case, the claim is just going to be submitted to the TPA and the TPA is going to, uh, to process it per their uh, protocol, and again, they're gonna reimburse at 150% of Medicare, or use the RAC network, okay? So this is where if they're using a physician RAC network, they might process it through, let's say, PHCS Multiplan, okay? Which again, is where it's helpful for Compass because that PHCS Multiplan network might not have a lot of in-network physicians. So just being able to maximize that existing more limited rented network is something that we do all the time in these scenarios as well. But all that being said, that takes us around to here where balanced billing still can occur. And this is where if that balanced bill occurs, in other words, the provider goes after the member and sends them one of those bills in the mail that it's like, you owe $1,700 for XYZ service, then this is where the employees are instructed that they have an opportunity to use Compass to resolve that, that they don't have to fix that on their own. Um, and in some places, Compass is even acting um, as the front line in conjunction with uh, the TPA. And then Compass, again, takes that, essentially all of this negotiation work that happens up front in this scenario, it just happens after the service in this scenario. And so now that's complicated because that involves the patient flow and the claim flow, but I wanted to get you an idea of uh, what are some of the ways that Compass interacts in those steps. Now, whoo, take a breather. If you made it through that, then the rest of the webinar will be a breeze. Okay, now that's wonderful in theory. Let's talk about this in practice. So this is an actual uh, oil and gas client of Compass. They are self-funded. They are based out of California, but they also have employees in Utah as well. Um, there are about 300 employees. They actually do have uh, email as the primary means of communication. They have a high percentage of hourly workers, and they actually already had a reference-based pricing program in place, but they were having a poor member experience. They were causing productivity problems at work because, of course, when are the doctor's office and the TPA open to resolve these issues? It's during work hours. So these employees were spending a lot of their work time on the phone trying to figure out their benefits. And, and people uh, were just then not using the program properly. So in other words, there were situations where they could have used safe harbor physicians and they didn't, or there were places where you could have negotiated up front with the physician and you didn't. So it really was not maximized. So they used Compass as a one-stop shop. Uh, there were Compass cards with the uh, HealthPro contact information on there. We integrated with both the TPA and the reference-based pricing vendor, and they would actually funnel their you know, inbound questions and queries, what have you, from the TPA or the reference-based pricing vendor to Compass. And then in this case, it was a partial reference-based pricing model. So they did have a RAP network and they had telemedicine. Again, so again, it's confusing, right? Because for facilities, you're doing reference-based pricing. You actually do have a network for physicians, but then you also have these other ancillary benefits like telemedicine as well that aren't even processed uh, through the plan in the normal way. and might either have a zero copay or only a $25 copay. So it's all very uh, intricate. 
And so they just wanted to make it simple. And so they said, a call to action to the employees is, of course, as always, as long as it's not an emergency, you're going to call or email or use your Compass app to contact your Compass Health Pro first, and they're going to hold your hand through the entire process. Okay? And we did a lot of integration with the RBP vendor and their pricing information with their safe harbor provider list. And then we also used our own Compass Medicare data. So there's Medicare data that's publicly available. We've actually integrated that into our overall data set. So we've got a whole bunch of, a uh, whole bunch, billions of data points for commercial insurance reimbursement. Then we, then we also have the Medicare reimbursement uh, data points as well. In this case, the, the employer chose a 140% of Medicare reimbursement. In other words, if Medicare reimburses at $100, then this plan would reimburse $140. Okay. Now, there were daily pre-certification fees that were going over to Compass so that if a person uh, scheduled an appointment with the provider or had a, a test or procedure scheduled that needed pre-certification, that would act as an indicator to uh, the TPA who would then ping Compass, and then Compass would do outreach to the individual member in regards to uh, cost and quality and how the plan worked in that particular situation. So again, not only were we doing reactive responses to members calling us, but we were doing proactive uh, outreach to them. And then we also had, which is wonderful, online access to claims information and dedicated escalation points within the TPA and the reference-based pricing vendor. Um, and then it also allowed for provider education so, uh, and balance billing. So here, loss of agreement and mistakes and forgotten agreements. So one of the things in the trenches of an RBP plan is that even for safe harbor um, physician or hospital groups, or even for groups that have agreed to accept the Medicare reimbursement in advance, the people that did the accepting and the people that do the claims processing are not necessarily the same people. So they might have agreed up front to be like, oh yeah, we'll totally take the $270 for the echocardiogram. But then when they receive the $270 for the echocardiogram, their system doesn't automatically say, oh yeah, we'll take that. And so that's where sometimes you have to do flags in the system or you have to do manual one-offs afterwards to make sure that there's not a balanced bill automatically generated, which goes to the plan member. So, you know, of course, in an ideal world, this would work seamlessly, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't, which is really why that broker from DFW said, man, oh man, is RBP a pain? And, though, and that's one of the specific reasons why. Now, the results. So, so far, we started on 1-1 of 18 this year. So, so far, there's been 60% utilization, right? Which, at the end of the day, you know, only about 80% of a, of a plan's members ever use the plan at all during the course of the year. So, we're talking almost all. So, 60% of uh, all the employees have used us so far. Now, their employee satisfaction in terms of their net promoter score, a plus 92 for Compass, which is just phenomenal. And then also a plus 88 in terms of the members actually rating the doctors that they went to. So both of these numbers are excruciatingly high. That's just awesome. So it was a very like pleasant experience for them. And it actually saved money. I mean, for this employer, saving a hundred and almost $160,000. And that's just from Compass. That's separate from the RBP savings at all. So the RBP savings are even more, much more in addition to that. So let's say this company was only making a 10% profit margin. I mean, this is the equivalent of 1.6 million in additional revenue for that company, which, you know, for most companies, they'll take an extra 1.6 million in revenue. Okay. 
Now, we've done 557 solutions for them so far this year. People are voting with their feet and they're coming back and they're using this multiple times. You see 4.6 solutions. That's every time we interact with a member, it's referred to as a solution. So 4.6 solutions per user and saving over 845 hours. Again, bringing down that productivity challenge from the employees having to spend work time figuring all this out. And really the subjective feedback is just so wonderful and telling as well. One employee, I appreciate your reaching out to me. Great customer service. We never had this with the previous insurance administrator. Thank you so much for putting this into words I can understand. I've never had anything approved and resolved so quickly before. You made it easy for me. This is very nice of you to do this for me. The world of healthcare and codes is a mighty jungle. And I have found that unless you are a professional, it is nearly impossible to cut your way through the vines. But, you know, that's beautiful, vivid imagery right there. And uh, it just really just speaks volumes of how, you know, at Compass and with you, our customers, and with our broker and benefit consultant employer clients, listen, we're not trying to solve healthcare in America. We're just trying to solve it one person at a time and one employer at a time. And it's just, we're just so thankful for all of you to be on our journey with that. So, whew, now you've asked some questions. I promise we will get back to them at the end. Now, again, that's the most complex part of this webinar. And that is a, that's a, frankly, that's a big pill to swallow. And as you can imagine, across our 2,000 employer clients, the vast minority do reference-based pricing. So that is not a mainstream. It's really, you know, it's kind of like, um, I have no connection to, um, uh, what's it called, CrossFit. I mean, that's kind of like CrossFit. You know, you're kind of like dedicated. Um, so it's kind of like the, the CrossFit of employee benefits. Some people, that's what they want. Um, but other folks are not uh, in that mode, and that's totally fine. And so they actually are, are really leaning on their broker and their consulting firm to provide them more advocacy support. So we actually see more of our uh, employer clients who are actually engaging with their broker and saying, hey, we need these services from you. And then that broker is then turning to Compass, and Compass is then providing those services to the employer through their broker and consultant. Because, of course, this is your typical, not only employee, this is oftentimes your, 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 your common uh, HR and benefits person as well. And, you know, it, it might be them solo, all on their own, against all of this minutia and complexity. And so really the combination of advocacy plus decision support tools, that's really the concierge experience that we're talking about. And what it does is it really allows for the... Um, the broker consultant's own advocacy services to have greater utilization. So it, this is really seen as a quote-unquote value add by the broker consultant to the employer client, but of course it's only considered a value add if people actually use it. And so in this way it actually feels like more of a value add because of the higher level of utilization. And it gives the employees decision support tools to actually find higher, qual higher quality and lower cost providers. So it's not just, you know, let me fix your paperwork uh, and explain your EOB's advocacy, but it's also that decision support to really maximize your network and maximize your benefits. And by maximize, I mean highest quality, lowest cost. And improve care and lower costs for the employer and the employees. Right at the end of the day, still, when I talk to brokers and consultants, their number one thing when they go out and meet with groups about their renewals is cost, cost, and cost. And so, and this is this is about lowering cost without shortchanging quality at all. And if anything, improving quality. 
So that's a very, and I'd be happy to talk about that in detail with any of you or with any broker consultants or with any of your, your customers at any time, because that's a super important, um, it, it's, it's core to what we believe and what we do at Compass. Um, it improves the employee experience because the economy is doing so well and uh, for, for certain like technology firms and finance firms and architecture firms and engineering firms, for, for, for a lot of high skilled uh, jobs, the labor market is so tight that they want to create really the best benefits experience possible for their employees actually as an employee retention and a recruiting tool. And so we've actually seen, especially for our more highly compensated employer groups, a lot more employers uh, using that aspect of compass. You know, even Michael's, the arts and crafts stores, they totally use it as a uh, retention and um, uh, a recruiting tool, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, and then it builds closer relationships uh, with the employees. And so this is really seen, again, not only as a value add for the employer, but also for the broker consulting firm so that they actually are seen as more of a value add to the, to the employees. Okay, then strategy number three that we see um, is, is using Compass to frankly make their bread and butter insurance carrier better. And I'd say this is your typical fully insured group with less than 200 employees. Remember, Compass the small group as well, down to 30 employee lives. And so, as you know, it stratifies, right? There's a ton of groups in, you know, between uh, 30 and 200, and we even have fully insured groups of 800. I mean, it's really all over uh, the map. And so for them, because they're not self-funded, they, maybe they don't have as many options, they don't have as much flexibility, and that's fine. They've decided they want to go the fully insured route, that's okay. But you can still do a lot with that fully insured insurance carrier plan um, to make it uh, run smarter. So one, they're specifically carving out the compass as the, as the ombudsman or the advocate on the part of the employee and their family because if they rely on their, uh, on their baked in carrier advocacy service, there's quite a few problems, okay? And one of that, one of the main problems is that that carrier actually serves multiple masters, right? So not only do they need to serve their employer clients and the employees, but they have a huge department called provider relations. And they have to serve those, especially those major hospital systems, because those major hospital systems have negotiated very tough terms with that insurance carrier in order to be in network with them. Terms such as, you can't steer away from, if I'm going to give you a PPO discount, you can't steer away from my facilities. Or you can't provide detailed pricing information about our hospital system on your transparency uh, website. Or you have to provide a range from $200 to $2,600 that is so broad that the range is essentially not helpful. And so, and I have sympathy for the carriers. I mean, they're really caught between a rock and a hard place. And they need to focus on, on what they do best, which is building a broad network and processing claims. I mean, that is wonderful that they do that. Um, but that then gives the fully insured group the, the one, the objectivity of an organization that is really advocating for the plan and for the employees. Two, Compass is just much more trusted. I've mentioned this before, that there was a Harris poll that came out that showed that only 7% of Americans trust their health insurance company. And so a lot of times, the information that the health insurance company gives is very helpful, even in terms of their clinical guidelines. But 
because there's such low trust between people and the insurance industry, listen, right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm not here to debate that now. They just don't trust that information. Okay, and then, uh, and then uh, finally, it'll we find that especially for these fully insured groups, you know, the average duration that a fully insured group is with a carrier is only about like 3.3 years, and so this allows continuity with the same uh, contact for the employees at Compass, and they can change plan designs, they can change carriers, and because we help with medical, RX, dental, and vision, one year they might change their medical, the next year they might change their dental, the year after that they might change their, vis their vision. So they're constantly, as they should, because their broker is, is shopping their benefits, trying to get them uh, better rates. And so as they do those changes, it allows continuity. And especially if there's a disruption, uh, if, if a disruption analysis is done and you see that, hey, you know, 20, 30% of the employees are not going to have in-network doctors anymore because of the change, then this allows continuity for the employees with Compass while you're still able to shop for the best rate among the carriers. Okay. And also that information from the carrier, we've also found to be just um, I don't want to say it's misleading, but it's incomplete to the point of just being not the kind of help that's necessary, right? So the patient chooses a provider based on minimal to no cost of quality research. Um, they, the, the chosen doctor refers them to an expensive testing facility that's two times more expensive than the area average. They use brand name medications in terms of instead of lower cost alternatives. And the provider pursues surgery instead of more uh, conservative therapy. So really, one of the most important decisions that employees and their family members make is which doctor they go to. And the vast majority of people actually do choose, right? We found that across our client base, only 30% of employees have even seen a primary care physician in the previous two years. So most people actually do not have an established relationship with their physician. So they're kind of throwing out a dartboard and they're trying to get some information off the carrier website, but because of all of this lack of information, they again, it's kind of a needle in the haystack. And if we can help them identify that needle of a fantastic physician, then really that's where the magic happens in healthcare. That's where the high quality care happens. That's where the cost effective care happens when you can really match up that person with the physician that's best suited for their needs. Now, let me walk you through a specific example. You have two uh, doctors listed here on the, on the insurance uh, website, Dr. Jack Smith and Dr. Joe Garcia. These are just made up. These are not their actual names. And look, you might look at their star ratings, 4.2 out of 5, 4 out of 5. Okay, Dr. Smith's a little better. And then they're both in network. Dr. Smith a little closer, 3.2 miles versus 4.1 miles. Dr. Smith's office visit will be $80. Dr. Garcia's will be $95. So you might be thinking, okay, a little bit higher star, little closer little bit of a lower office visit, I'm going to go with Dr. Smith. But what you don't know is that Dr. Smith refers to expensive imaging location. Dr. Smith performs surgery more often than less invasive care. Let's say this is an orthopedist, that uh, Dr. Smith performs surgery at an expensive facility, and that Dr. Smith prescribes brand name medications more frequently than similar doctors. So you didn't know any of that. And oh, by the way, Dr. Garcia, he is the closest high-quality doctor who actually specializes in knee pain, which is what your problem actually is. It has a more conservative approach to surgical intervention because sometimes highest quality does, no, does not mean most aggressive surgically. Sometimes it's, it's a watchful waiting approach. 
he performs surgery at a facility that is less expensive than the average area, like an ambulatory surgery center, which, by the way, for elective outpatient surgery, I would prefer myself because those operating rooms are typically not used for the more uh, uh, emergent and cases involving severe infections. So you don't even, I mean, you know, God bless these really sick people, but if you're a generally healthy person going in for an elective orthopedic surgery, you don't necessarily want that done in an operating room where the, where the person right before you had MRSA or be in a hospital bed where the person right before you had Clostridium difficile. I mean, at the end of the day, you just don't want to be in that environment. Okay, next, prescribes generic medications more frequently than a similar uh, doctor and has appointment availability within one week. So here, these are all the things that Compass screens for, which, you know, for going 0.9 miles more and spending an extra $15, like you would totally want to do that. And so that's where this is not the full picture. Really, this is the full picture. So to really make the right decision, which, oh, by the way, if you go with Dr. Smith, it ends up costing $11,000. If you end up going with Dr. Garcia, it costs $208. So finding the right physician is super important, and it's frankly the most common service that Compass does for people. Um, and it establishes, it establishes trust. Um, it helps people during every part of their medical journey, so it provides a lot of continuity. Um, and it, again, it's not a, a bank of people at a call center, but it's actually a dedicated health pro. We've even taken a picture of all of our health pros such that when you log into our app, you literally see a picture of your health pro uh, for your company. This is a, an overview of our advocacy services. I won't go into this now, um, but essentially they, um, they address all of the administrative pain points and cost and quality pain points of a person as they use their benefits and as they use healthcare. But we do not make clinical decisions, nor do we want to. We believe a, a doctor needs to see a patient. We believe a doctor needs to perform a physical exam on a patient and that patients receive the best care from people that are like board certified physicians. So we in no way want to play doctor. However, as an internist, all that stuff that was happening outside of my office that was affecting my patient's care we take care of in terms of the coordination of care, in terms of the scheduling, in terms of making sure the bills are processed correctly, in terms of finding cost-effective medications for maximizing their formulary. Um, and so um, our, our customers are, are and, and don't take it from me, our customers are really the, the ones who, uh, who say it better than I do. And what's really awesome, this is one of my favorite slides, is that when you screen these physicians and you match these people up with physicians that, that specifically meet their uh, needs, that the actual net promoter score profiles, in other words, how the individual member rates the physician, is, um, is incredibly high by specialty. So these are for, for Compass recommended physicians for neurosurgery, oncology, orthopedic surgery, pediatrics, ophthalmology, cardiology, OBGYN, and even general dentistry. They are um, just world class in terms of their uh, net promoter scores. Okay, now uh, for, new for 2018, we also have Compass uh, services of varying price points. So just know that we're flexible around the pricing because we know that you at your company have, have a buying committee and there are members of that, of that buying committee that for budgetary reasons might just be able to prefer, uh, afford different price levels and we wanna be flexible around that. And so at your busiest time of year, Compass can help with simple implementation, 
um, and you can uh, implement Compass now and actually receive support during open enrollment this fall. Or you can launch Compass in January with a plan year begins, which for budgeting reasons, some employers choose to do that. And we want to ease your workload and we can do that in a number of ways. So as we draw to a close in our webinar, I invite you to visit our Compass website, compassphs.com where we have a weekly blog that you can read. We also have videos and eBooks. And of course, these slides are available for you. So if you would like a copy of these slides, please email me at ericb at compassphs.com and I would be happy to email the slides and PDF form back to you. And we have received some questions. So let me go here uh, to these and uh, see if I can answer them. And oh, by the way, if you have some more you'd like to ask, then please do so. Um, so in the, let's see here if I can read this. In the partial uh, replacement model, what are examples of RAP networks? Okay, so uh, like I mentioned, PHS multi-plan is probably the most common one uh, that we have seen. But I would say that, especially in places like uh, New England and in the Midwest, sometimes there are local networks, which of course, really for only local employers are those uh, relevant. So like municipalities, manufacturing, where the uh, employees are kind of all in one location. Um, yes, Compass does have TPAs that we have already done this with. We have already worked on integrations with or are in the process of working on integrations with. So we have um, uh, relationships uh, established with them already and would be happy to whether you want to uh, you know, work through your broker consultant or if you are a broker consultant, if you want to contact us. Um, and the only reason I say that is just to make it easy for you. Um, and the next question is, I've heard that more providers are pushing back against reference-based pricing vendor, which leaves the employees unable to use their choice of providers. Seems to be that more and more providers may further reject reference-based prime providers. Uh, providers, excuse me. Um, what is your opinion? So that's that is a very good point. And as you can imagine, the largest challenge around pushback around um, reference-based pricing uh, uh, vendors and reimbursement is with the very large hospital systems. Now, in dealing with those very large hospital systems, oftentimes we will then work through, it's, it's typically for surgery, and it, we will work through the surgeon. Now, at the end of the day, that very large hospital system wants to keep that surgeon happy because that surgeon can always walk and take their patients and their operating room time to a different hospital system. And so it does require navigating that major hospital system's bureaucracy. But really, we, the, the surgeons and the physicians, they really want to do the best thing for the patient. And oftentimes, when they learn of the reimbursement that the hospital system is getting for the surgery, they themselves are like, well, that's rather egregious. And so we try to work through that angle. Um, oftentimes, the typical surgeon will operate at a hospital on Monday, at a different hospital on a Tuesday, maybe a surgery center on a Wednesday. And so even if they like their surgeon, they might have to go to a different facility and change the date of their surgery if the hospital system is not going to budge, which does happen. And then the third option is, is that the, the patient would then have to make the choice of, okay, well, if I wanna go with this doctor and this doctor only performs the surgery at this hospital and the hospital is not going to accept the reference-based pricing reimbursement, then I'm either gonna have to to set up a payment arrangement upfront, and it might be expensive, or I will have to find a different physician. Fortunately, 
that last scenario doesn't happen all that often. And I think the key there is by using a service like Compass to do all that in advance, as opposed to the member just going, getting their surgery done, because then you're stuck, right? Because then the service is performed, the bill's been generated. And so there, the leverage really sits in the hands of the hospital system because the service has been performed. And so to the extent that, and oh, by the way, the reference-based pricing vendors that we use, like that's their methodology is to get out ahead of it. Um, so you bring up a very important dynamic and uh, without, without getting too long-winded, which I'm sure I already did, uh, that's how I would uh, answer that. Um, now, next question. Um, so can you confirm that Compass is an advocacy bolt-on to be used in conjunction with an RBP vendor? That is correct. So Compass is not the RBP vendor itself. So typically, the, um, the TPA might have a preferred arrangement with a particular RBP vendor, or we've seen TPAs that even use multiple different uh, RBP vendors. Um, but the RBP vendor really has like provider reimbursement expertise. They don't necessarily have all of the um, bells and whistles and member engagement expertise that Compass has, which is really why sort of partnering together with the RPP vendor and, and of course the TPA is really good at processing claims. And so it's really um, that triple combination um, that we have seen be most effective. Um, and we have, a, uh, we have used Compass for two years and our teammates love it. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Um, what's the average turnaround claims uh, processing on an RBP model? Um, so that's, a, that's a great question. So in the cases when they're using a uh, safe harbor, um, it, it might be you know, just as fast as if it was a, a network claim. Um, otherwise, the, uh, the, the time frame um, depends upon the degree to which there is confusion and miscommunication between the TPA and the um, provider. And to the extent that we can get the uh, provider ourselves or the RPD vendor can get the provider um, engaged. The point is, is that even if it takes more than 30 days, because oftentimes the billing system from the hospital will automatically kick out a patient responsibility bill after 30 days if they have not received reimbursement. I apologize for talking too fast there. The point is, is that as we work through this, we can actually put that auto bill on hold. And when you put that auto bill on hold, you can also put the timing of automatically sending that patient to collections on hold as well. And if by some reason the person has already gone to collections, then actually we are very skilled and very routinely take medical bills out of collections and put them on hold while we're resolving the issue. Because of course, everybody's always worried about hurting their credit and they get these angry calls from bill collectors when you know it's just a mess. And you've got to clean up that mess before you fully ascertain what type of patient responsibility there is. So anyway, again, long-winded answer. But with that, I just want to thank all of you for being on this webinar. You um, are just wonderful partners. I'm so appreciative of, of each and every one of you for really being able to make a difference in your employees' lives and your employees' families' lives. I mean, it's just awesome. And again, if you would like a copy of these slides, um, please email me at ericb at compasspgs.com. And with that, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for joining us for the Navigating Healthcare podcast from Compass Professional Health Services. To learn more about how Compass can help your employees make simpler, smarter healthcare decisions, visit our website at compassphs.com.